Hey everybody, welcome back to the Menschwarmers. I'm here with my friend Gabe. We're going to talk about all things Jews and sports. Gabe, how you doing, buddy? I'm good. Happy Hanukkah to everybody. Or happy, yeah, happy almost Hanukkah. Hanukkah. I think this is as close to a Hanukkah episode as we're going to get. We have some Hanukkah themed uh, themed things to talk about in the in the world of Jews and sports. It's uh, it's Monday, Monday, November twenty second. We're talking when we're talking right now. So this will be our last episode coming out before before Hanukkah drops. And and I want to let the audience know just ahead of time that. You know, we only have enough material for one regular length episode, but this episode will be the length of eight normal length episodes. We're going to stretch it. Yeah. <laughs> Just to see how long we can last with it. That's a little light Hanukkah humor for you. Pun intended. We should catch up a little bit about some Jewish sports news that's been going on. One thing that's a little, you know, on topic for the the holiday where you eat fried foods, uh, which is that Max Freed, it's spell fry, it's spelled fried. Even though it's pronounced, it's pronounced freed. freed, I went to camp with some spe- freed spelled fried. I think I think they deal with that a lot. Yeah, I'm sure. But uh, Max Freed, along with his World Series ring, pe- picked up some uh, end of the season accolades. He won a, a Gold Glove award as the pitcher and a Silver Slugger award, which is pretty cool. Um, you know, he can do it on both sides of the plate. So it is the last. It is the last Silver Slugger that a pitcher will ever win if they get rid of the DA, If they get rid of the pitcher's hitting. And how often does does somebody win both? Because that could be a good a good Hanukkah story is that, oh, the Jewish pitcher was only expected to win one positional award, yet right. he won two. So enjoy while you're enjoying your fried foods, you can think of the freed fried uh, victories Ooh, at the end of the year. That's yeah. also very Hanukkah related. I, I think my family is going to enjoy some freed latkes this year. <laughs> exactly. Keeping on the theme of sort of last last minute wins and, and miracles that are pulled out. My namesake. Got to talk about my namesake. Oh, right. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Before we go on. Uh, yeah. Talk about that. The San Francisco Giants winning ways this season were only expected to reach 65 or 70 odd games. Yet by a miracle, their leader, the Judah Maccabee of the uh the San Francisco Giants, Gabe Kapler, NL Manager of the Year and member of the tribe, Gabe Kapler, has recently won the Manager of the Year Award, yep. leading them to 107 wins. The uh, the second Jewish manager to ever win the Manager of the Year Award, because Bob Melvin, I think, has won it three times and is he's now going to be joining times. at least twice, I, but I, he's now going to be joining Kapler out in the uh, NL West. He's going out I to noticed the our um, he's managing the Padres. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The dads, the San the dads. Diego dads. I, I've noticed that our uh, our sort of Jewish awards tracker that Jamie put together on the internet has been getting a lot of play as any Jew wins an award. Um, yeah, I did get a shout out in the uh, the JTA's uh, sports newsletter, which was nice. Always trying thanks, to keep that updated. We should we should just get a like dedicated website that uh, just tracks it and nothing else. Ha- it could it can have we Jews could, won any awards this year dot com. Yeah, exactly. Well, Gabe, you can you can work on the SEO and, and getting it to be the first thing that comes up when 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 someone Google's Jewish MVP or something like that. Exactly. I, I don't know if I'm creating that website. I don't know if I, I'm spoiling anything <laughs> for someone who hasn't seen Curb this season, but the website itself, is that Basharit? Can I say Basharit <laughs> about that? Yeah, I don't. I think you can, but uh, you're using it wrong, but you're allowed to use it wrong. Yeah, but I'm, <laughs> I have some service over that website. I'm I'm kidding. I'm kidding. We have a lot of nachas here for for both uh, Mr. Freed and Mr. Kapler. So great, uh, great work on those. And we're happy to have you on the show to talk about it at any time. Yeah. Um, sticking with sticking with the Hanukkah theme, I think we had a few sort of last last minute miracles yesterday that we wanted to profile. Um, one was Adam Fox got an assist on a, a rare buzzer beater uh, hockey goal uh, that the New York Rangers scored to win the game with less than one second left. Really great clip. And, it, and 
was it at MSG? Uh, yeah, I believe so. It was. So a great miracle happened there. A great miracle happened there. Um, and also Greg Joseph, the kicker for the Minnesota Vikings, hit a uh, go-ahead field goal with no time remaining to put the Vikings on top of the Green Bay Packers. And he is Jewish as well. So it was sort of a, a double walk-off. A double walk-off, yeah. So um, that was a big, you know, a big last-second wins for some Jews here. Uh, always good to see and, um, s- you know, celebrate that. It, it, it's thematic on, on the Hanukkah season for miracles to happen. Uh, and then to pull out those last second, last second things. Um, one other thing I want to mention was that I think it'll have aired by the time that we've, uh, that we're, we're out there, but, um, real sports, the HBO show is doing a profile on Amari Stoudemire, uh, the former NBA all-star and now assistant coach or player development coach, whatever it is with the, can we say notable Jewish athlete, Amari Stoudemire? Exactly. And it's all about a spiritual journey. Um, you know, becoming a devout Jew converting or, you know, based on what he might say, returning, returning to uh, his heritage as a, as a Jewish person and uh, his life is Orthodox Jew. Yeah. You know, really, I, I think it's like the greatest, uh, you know, uh, something we really missed out on is Amari being Jewish while playing for the Knicks. Like as much as he, you know, sort of started to embrace his Judaism at that time, he wasn't like a full, you know, he hadn't converted or yet. He, he was sort of just beginning to explore it. And like, yeah. again, we, we talked about this before with Dan Grunfeld, but like the, the fact that the Knicks haven't found a Jewish player, uh, you know, since since Ernie Grunfeld, basically, is really a mistake because that would be the most popular guy on, on the team. However, now he is in he is in Brooklyn. Um, yeah. So that's almost as close to it's not quite. You know, uh, it's from not what I've heard, Madison Square Garden, but it, you know, downtown Brooklyn is pretty Jewish. From what I've heard, no one cares about the Nets. I, I could be wrong, but like, I don't think anyone in New York cares about the Nets. Like, I think the New Jersey fans, maybe a little bit, but most of them kind of abandoned the team when the team abandoned them. And I think anyone who lived in Brooklyn, anyone who grew up in Brooklyn, was a New York Knicks fan and not a New Jersey Nets fan. I think like, I mean, like does Jay-Z care about the Nets or does he only do so because he's involved? Yeah. I think it was because he was involved. Like you're telling me Jay-Z, I'm sure Jay-Z didn't, if he grew up a basketball fan, didn't grow up a New Jersey Nets fan. I'm sure he was a Knicks fan. The Houndstooth court is pretty cool. At Barclays? At Barclays. Yeah. Well, anyway, I'm sure I'm sure. Look, it's a, it's a cool stadium, I guess. I don't know. They just, they displace a lot of, a lot of people to build it, but. I, I just think it's it's sort of been a mistake. Like, you know what? Turns out we didn't need a team in Brooklyn. Uh, and they, I mean, no longer do they have a, a Jewish owner. They had a Jewish owner and now they've, he's sold it. Right. To Josiah. To Josiah. But before uh, Mikhail Prokhorov was Jewish. Right. So uh, that'll be really interesting to check out the Amari documentary, documentary tomorrow. Uh, I can only assume it's going to be available on HBO Go or crave or tmn or something uh <laughs> wherever i, don't, I, don't, I think if you miss it HBO. like i think if you missed it you can still find the amari uh, interview and i'm sure we'll see clips and stuff like that there's been a, a fair amount of profile on on amari's jewish life there was a an article in gq last year about uh you know him returning to returning to new york after living in israel for a while and um you know what his day-to-day life is like as a as a now practicing orthodox jew and we, we highly recommend watching it sort of sight unseen. We assume that it'll be treated very interestingly with um, very uh, interesting of, of Brian Gumble who will handle it with sensitivity and aplomb. But so, I don't think it's, uh, I, I don't think Brian Glum, Brian Gumble did the interview, but uh, still, I mean, it's, it's, HBO it's a real sports. show. They, they know, know what to do. Got, 
Yeah, he's got some some sense into it, yeah. but uh, uh, let's let's. I also let's think I also on. think it'll give you good fodder to talk about at any Hanukkah party you have. If you Ooh, if you want to connect, if you want to connect with a younger relative or a sports savvy relative, uh, bring but, up the. You know, I think I think traditionally the sports conversation at a Hanukkah dinner will only last about ten minutes, but after this documentary, the Hanukkah dinner can stretch to a much longer length. You know what's being stretched? You're telling of this joke. This bit? Repeatedly. This bit. Yeah, this bit's being stretched. It's, it is some light Hanukkah humor. I got I got one more Hanukkah joke. This is another joke courtesy of my wife. Okay. Um, which is, what do does Hanukkah and professional wrestling have in common? What's that? Much more oil than you think. <laughs> it's okay. We're getting, we're getting a nod of approval from producer Michael, which he usually responds with nothing. So I'm proud of that. Yeah. Uh, something, something I want to address before we get into the meat of the show. Sure. Um, you know, it's not necessarily sports, but it is Jews related in, in competition, but, and I'm, I'm a little upset. We didn't lead the show with this, but we have a Jewish sexiest man alive. Oh, right. Uh, Paul Rudd is is now the sexiest man alive and he's not just, just ageless. He is also Jewish. Good for Paul Rudd. That's um, how old is he? That's I feel like it's pretty old to be getting the sexiest man he's, alive honors. He's fifty-two, which I wow. don't think is the oldest sexiest man alive. I think they gave it to like, like a pretty over the hill Nick Nolte. Okay, and this um, is like a scientific thing, right? Like they're polling, uh, you know, experts and and going into detail. Like everybody, I'm, in pr- I'm pretty gets sure the there's phrenology involved. Yeah, it's not it's not like just the editors of People magazine pick it, right? I, there, no. There's like some real real hard science here. There's some real, real, real hard science in here. And I actually, I looked into us into this. I thought he was going to be the first Jew. No, because um, I know who it was. It was Adam Levine won uh, a few yeah, years ago, Yeah, right? so you know the history of this. Adam Levine has been the previous Jewish sexiest man alive. Right. And he, I think, was the first Jew. Not the Maroon 5th Jew, but the first <laughs> Jew. Um, and it's, it's, you know, nice for the Jewish people that sort of the sexiest man alive is Ant-Man. Yeah, that's Which is good. maybe I, sort of a Jewish kind of a nebbishy way to do it. You know, I think uh, we're we're um, trying to highlight Jewish athleticism in a way that doesn't necessarily jibe with people's preconception about Jews or Judaism or even Jews' own conception of Judaism and who Jews are. And I feel like uh, being the sexiest alive is also a similar thing. Where it's also a thing, yeah, yeah. an unexpected. So thing a nice for thing the to Jews. celebrate. And Paul Rudd, of course. Um, the star of a, a Jewish sports movie, The Catcher Was a Spy, the the Mo Berg movie. Um, which I don't think either of us have seen, but was supposed to be pretty bad. It was supposed to be um, pretty bad. I it think. is an interesting book. It's an interesting book. We've talked about Mo Berg, Mo Berg before. He was sort of like a journeyman catcher in, in Major League Baseball, but uh, was sent on a, a tour of Japan as like, an, as like a baseball player and, you know, did some spying on, on pre-World War II Japan. Um, really, you know, interesting guy. The, the book about him, the, the author of, of which I'm blanking on right now, is really interesting. But uh, yeah, Paul Rudd did star in that movie and, and now starring in that uh, that movie where he plays a psychiatrist, Will Ferrell, which I, I, I it seems to me to be doing a bit of Jew face. I mean, not not from him, but from Will Ferrell and Catherine Hahn. I haven't actually watched it, so it's unfair to judge it. But I, I saw the trailer and it seems a bit it's a bit it's a bit Mrs. Maisley. It's it's a it's a little bit Mrs. Maisley. It's it, yeah. it's quite it's quite. I mean, Catherine Hahn, Will Ferrell. These people are not Jewish, and I don't think people. A lot of people think Catherine Hahn's Jewish. I don't think a lot of people think Will Ferrell is Jewish. But I want to go back to Paul Rudd for a second here. Sure. Starring in this, I think he's got a long sort of 
career of playing like obvious Jews. First of all, to connect with the Canadian Jewish news, allegedly he had his bar mitzvah in or around Toronto, um, which is something that most people don't know about Paul Rudd. But um, very early, I think one of his first sort of big Jewish Jewish roles is playing uh, sort of the the, uh, sassy cousin, Josh Horowitz in Clueless. He's not the cousin. He's the uh, sibling. He's his steps, stepson. 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 There you go. The stepson. Um, you know, who who she was very protective over sexually, which is something that Cher was. So maybe something, you know, he's broken free from, from being the sexiest man alive. I looked up, there are no, I'm wondering this one question about the sexiest man alive. I, I wonder if the 2010s edition of uh, Adam Levine and Paul Rudd is to make up for all the times they've given it to Mel Gibson. <laughs> uh, which is a long we're, time we're, ago. We're I also in for every, for every this, Gibson, there's got to be a ride. I exactly. I think that's sort of a general Hollywood rule now. But I'm surprised yeah. it took them that long to find a Jewish one. I, you know, Mark Harmon won it many years ago. I had thought Mark Harmon was Jewish. He can pass. He's not Jewish. He's like quite, <laughs> right. quite British. Why don't we take a quick break and then we'll come back with uh, a little bit of a Hanukkah feature? No guest today. Just, just me and Gabe. Uh, doing this, doing this sweet, sweet jazz. Yeah, we're we'll back in a few. Hey, folks, Gabe back here on the break. Just want to let you know that for subscribers, if you check your podcast feeds, you'll find the CJN Daily's unabridged interview with Seattle Kraken owner and Montrealer Mitch Garber. And for those who are not subscribed to the podcast, we highly recommend you subscribe to our feed and the CJN Daily in order to get this and other special episodes in your feed. Thanks for listening. And now back to the Menchwarmers Hanukkah special. Happy Hanukkah once again. Um, we're now here into the the meat of our show, the tuchus of our show, as we continue to chat about uh, Hanukkah and Jewish sports. Jamie, what's our topic of conversation for today? Well, I think for a lot of people growing up, the idea of the of what Hanukkah is celebrating, uh, what the Hanukkah miracle is, is you know this idea of the Jews uh, in the you know the Hasmonean rebellion, uh, you know defeating the uh, Seleucid kingdom that was ruling Jerusalem and all that. And the, and the, the victories were the miracle, but that's not true. You know, the real miracle of Hanukkah in as much as there was one by tradition is that the oil lasted for so many days that there wasn't enough oil to uh, sanctify the temple and, and light the menorah. Uh, there was only enough oil for one day, but that oil lasted for all of eight days, which is why Hanukkah is celebrated for eight days. It's an especially relevant this year in the year of our Lord 2021 or in, you know, 5782, with the global supply chain issues, our oil will actually probably have to last for eight days instead of going to the store and buying some more. Has everyone gotten their candles yet? Good point. Good good uh, reminder to everyone to make sure you're stocked up on oil for Hanukkah. Uh, if you have <laughs> whale an oil-fired oil. lamp, especially. Yes, yeah. whale oil. Um, no, whale oil. That's not, that, that's not kosher. No, no. So what, what type of oil did the Maccabees use? Olive, olive, Gabe. Anyways, uh, so what we wanted to talk about this time was to highlight some historical Jewish streaks, things that lasted longer than they were expected to last. That's the that's the bit we're going for. That's the thing we're celebrating for Hanukkah. Um, so, Gabe, the first one I wanted to mention uh, has a few Jewish connections. And this was uh, a streak that was set by uh, 
Boston Red Sox first baseman, Kevin Euclid. Kevin Euclid in uh, 2008. The Uke, the Greek god of walks, set a record, not just uh, for his prowess as a, as, a, as a hitter, his ability to get on base, but in April 2008, 2008, he set a streak for the longest errorless streak as a first baseman. He played the field flawlessly for all of 194 games. So think about it, more than a full season. And this start, you know, this was set in April. So all of the 2007 season, he didn't first make first base. That's a that's a that's a serious position to play with. Oh, yeah, there. because you're getting a lot of balls hit to you, right? You know, you're not fielding as many, but a lot of balls are being thrown to you. Um, you have to field a lot of balls. So 194 games. And um, I should say that there's a there's a few other Jewish connections here, which is that um he took over the streak from Steve Garvey, uh, who is not Jewish but whose wife left him for Marvin Hamlish, the legendary who is? who is. And then Euclid's record was eventually broken by Casey Kochman, who isn't Jewish, but sounds like he is. But sounds like he is. Yeah. So there's that's a connection a, That's there. A, a lot of Jewish connections. Yeah. Gabe, you got a, you have a streak you want to talk about? Yeah. Um, so this isn't necessarily a, a streak, just sort of a, a victorious miracle. Okay. Um, the first one I like to talk about something we've talked about that, uh, you know, a number of times on our show, but sort of something I think deserves the Hanukkah miracle of sort of the modern day Maccabees of once again, the 2017 Israeli baseball team of the world baseball classic, you know, people that weren't expected to win a single game favored to lose every one of them, but, you know, went three and zero in pool play made it to the semifinals and, uh, uh almost made it, uh, uh, you know, miracle did again. Okay. Um, so streaks so- and miracles. That's the theme here. Streaks and miracles, because a, yeah. a great miracle happened there. And I should say second round, uh, right. not semifinals. Okay. Another streak I want to mention is uh, the great Sid Luckman, uh, NFL MVP in the 1950s, uh, Chicago Bears starting quarterback, set a record between 1942 and 1944. He threw a touchdown pass in 19 consecutive games. And that is still the streak for the Chicago Bears. It's not for the NFL, but for the, the Chicago Bears have not had a quarterback since Sid Luckman. <laughs> who's been able to throw a quarterback in 19 straight games. So still, uh, still the streak. And in one of those games, uh, he also it would have been threw... amazing if it was 18, 18 would have been good, but 19 would have stopped at 18 too. just yeah. for the whole Luckman thing. Well, you know, in another, uh, in another game, he did set the record for most touchdown passes in an NFL game with seven, uh, back in 1943. And that's only been done eight times. So that's pretty yep. impressive that, uh, he was the first, I think to, to do it. And, uh, you know, it's all, it's only been d- done seven times since. So two really pr- impressive streaks by Sid Luckman, uh, you know, one of the all-time great NFL, uh, Jewish NFL players. That's amazing. Um, so the, you know, sort of the next, the next big news I, I want to talk about sort of a winning streak that is sort of related to what we were talking about, you know, this year, especially Maccabees, I'm sure people know this, but it's a good time to mention the uh, Yeshiva University basketball team, who is currently uh, on a, I believe it's a two and a half year, 70 odd game. Uh, no, for, 41 game games. 41 game. Um, uh, but they, I mean, that, who knew that they had such a good D3 basketball team and they continue to ride that wave, letting that oil burn as long as possible. Yeah, sorry, I should have mentioned that. I think that was going to be the whole the whole basis for setting this up, but but somehow I got stuck on Hanukkah. Um, there's a great article written by Gary Belsky on ESPN about Yeshiva University. They have the longest winning streak of pretty much any uh, college basketball team in, in, in the U.S. Um, you know, they're playing in Div 3. They are playing, you know, the, the not exactly mighty teams of Sarah Lawrence and uh, 
you know, Long Island State or, you know, just other, you know, New York, Hunter College, stuff like that. Other New York area colleges not known for their yeah. athletics, but it still takes something to win 40, 40 plus games. And, you know, they're ranked number two in the country in Division three. Um, they really have a chance to go all the way and win the win the Division three uh, basketball title. So that's oh. a, a, an important streak to keep up. And saying we're going to keep up with throughout this uh, college basketball year. I also want to talk about this one is sort of a stretch, but it's the other half of this side. Okay. Which I want to talk about in that in 2006, a Jewish student named Frederick Newman at Caltech uh, set a world record for consecutive three pointers in a row. Okay. Which was 208 consecutive three pointers during a game or just, just in no, the gym, like just in a gym. Right. Now this is relevant because the reason he had chosen 208 three pointers in a row is it is right after the Caltech basketball team, also in Division Three basketball, had lost 207 games in a row. Right. So right. the Jewish student, not a basketball player on the team, decided to break their loss record with his own record. So there's your Hanukkah streak for Caltech. I'm going to guess that at some point during that 207-game losing streak, Caltech had some Jewish players. At some had point. a Jewish player. Had to yeah, be. I just based on the composition enough, of that university. you know, being Enough elite. Jews that have gone there? Yeah. Um, I, I would assume so. Yeah. Uh, if, if we can get intern Jake on that, maybe finding out if, if, if indeed he has one. So a few more streaks to mention. Um, one, I wanted to talk about one of the greatest basketball players of all time, Sue Bird. Um, she, she's, we've talked about this before. She won five straight gold medals at the Summer Olympics, uh, you know, going back 20 odd, 20 years, basically. And during those Olympics, she has won 38 straight games. Uh, Team wow. USA as a whole has won 55 straight games going back to 1992 and they lost the bronze medal game. Uh, but since then, they've won 55 straight and she has been part of 38 of those games. So pretty amazing, pretty crazy streak uh, to just never, she has never lost at the Olympics in her entire Ever. Time just never been in a game that, that she lost. That's amazing. Yeah. Great. Good for her. Yeah. And, and, and moving on to another GOAT uh, potential. Um, talk about Tom Brady, of course, not Jewish. Um, but his uh, receiving partner, Julian Edelman, is. And between 2009 and 2019, Tom Brady and Julian Edelman won 42 straight home games against AFC opponents. Okay, so this is cherry picking a little bit. But that's let's think, little, but let's think about that. No, that's still, that's pretty good. Yeah. So in games when they both played, both Edelman and Brady played, for a 10-year period, and, uh, you know, probably five or six of their home games every year would or six of their home games every year would have been against AFC teams. They did not lose a home game during that 10 year span when they were both in the game. So between 2009 and 2019, they eventually lost the Kansas City Chiefs at home at Gillette. But that's like, you know, pretty again, I know it's a little cherry pick, but that's a pretty amazing streak. When you think of it like most teams, you know, don't don't we'll win eventually lose. Yeah. yeah, you lose we'll a, lose a game home. That's yeah. that's quite amazing. Yeah. Um, I have another uh, remarkable streak that I found now. It's not, I would say it's a little bit Jewish. Okay. Um, it's, it's Jewish light as we get into the, the dregs of this. Um, but uh, in track and field, there's a very famous uh, hurdler who won, went 11 straight years without entering a competition he did not win. Wow. Who is that? Including two Olympic gold medals. His name was Edwin Moses. Huh. So while okay. he was not Jewish, uh, his namesake most certainly was. Okay. We're getting a nod of approval from producer Michael on that reference there. And one more that I just wanted to mention was uh, NBA legend Dolph Shea, someone who we talked about quite recently a few times. 
Uh, not the NBA's original Iron Man because somebody else I think I had set the record, but Dolce's did play in 706 uh, straight NBA games while he made 12 <laughs> straight NBA All-Star games. So 706 is, is pretty impressive. I don't know exactly how long an NBA season was at that time, but I think it was more like 50 or 60 games. That's um, pretty, pretty impressive. So probably about eight or nine, 10 seasons of, of not but missing still- a game. That's that's pretty you know impressive Iron Man stuff. 10 seasons without anything yeah that's quite amazing so if anyone knows any other uh jewish sports streaks things that didn't didn't uh didn't expect to last but ended up going a long time send them our way we're happy to to talk about them in the future um you know we could do a hanukkah roundup next time or or maybe maybe next hanukkah we can keep this as a as an ongoing tradition but uh until next time you know we hope that you like and subscribe to the podcast uh we're back every two weeks uh, maybe with a little break around the around the New Year. New Year's, we'll see um, if we can. We perhaps we can even record a live episode at maybe. some point now that we're getting yeah. back into into society. Have you yeah. had your booster shot yet? Has anyone on this call had their booster yet? No, I don't. Go think get so. your booster. My people. parents got it, but yeah, not yet. We don't like to get political on this show, but do it. Yeah, I think the people who listen to our podcast are, pr- are pretty pro facts. But uh, until next time, we'll we'll see everybody soon. Uh, you can find us as always at the CJN.ca, the Canadian Jewish News website. You can find us on Facebook at the CJN Lounge. Uh, like and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, iPod, uh, sorry, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, whatever. Um, you can listen to us on the CJN's website as well. And uh, follow us on Twitter at Menchwarmers. Once again, Larry Tannenbaum, if you're listening, happy Hanukkah. Um, I'd like to comment on the streak I have of doing that bit as well, which yeah. is pretty much unbroken. But Larry, we, we want you on here. Uh, we'd love to have you. We'll, we, we'll chat about your career. Happy Hanukkah, everybody. Enjoy the latkes. Mm-hmm.